last week on Tim's Corner Live. This has been fun here this evening. Uh, good luck Sunday. Thank you for being a part of this deal. And uh, tell the girls when they win on, on Sunday, we'll have them on the show next Wednesday. How about that? Oh, they're all mad because I got to go on first. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm the I'm kingpin. You got to wait until he goes first. <laughs> so so I, I guess we'll dangle the carrot in, in front of them for, uh, for, for Sunday for Wednesday, right? That's right. You got to give them some incentive. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome back, race fans, to the only racing going on in Nova Scotia, the Dewey Cup, featuring Ryan Blaney, Dale Jr., old Alex Bowman, old Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, and uh, Chase Elliott, too. Okay, whoever makes it further, who gets pushed by Dewey, wins. And he's already, Ryan Blaney's already got the lead out front of the rest of the competition. Dewey's sizing everything up as the camera's going out of focus. He's got a hand on Blaney. Wait, Blaney's going back now. Now he's pushed. Oh, Blaney hits the wall. But now who's Dewey going to push? So far, no one has taken the lead. He's only picking on Ryan Blaney at the moment. Now he's yawning. He's just playing with the number 12 car. we got to get his attention to try and push the other ones. He's attracted to the Pennzoil Menards machine. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. He's only putting Now he's wrestling the number 12. Meanwhile, the rest of the competition's waiting to get a push. And I, I think Dewey's given up. He's stretching now. What a heartbreak for Ryan Blaney, but no one, no one here has been moving. We're trying to get the show going. In fact, we're going to call us a red flag here. Welcome in to Tim's Corner Live, episode number 16. Tim Terry, Denver Match at Double Angel. We've had some fun already tonight. We, ha we haven't even been on the air. This has been great. Dylan, is Ryan okay? Uh, he, he's in the hospital, but I heard from the medical staff He's doing fine. He should be at Coda this weekend. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Denver, welcome in. You had a busy weekend. Me and Dylan had a busy weekend. We watched over. What did you do? Oh, well, Tim, <laughs> I went to racetracks, and I did the Tour de la Province of New Brunswick on uh, the weekend, going from Miramichi to Fredericton. So got to watch lots of good racing and, uh, you know, start off the 2021 season. Yeah, it was a great start. You can watch all those races, shameless plug, on timscorner.tv. We hope to have a couple of more announcements coming up in the next couple of days regarding the next couple of weeks here on Tim's Corner TV. You're going to want to tell you. You're going to want to stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Uh, but we're, we've got a jam-packed show coming up. Uh, we're live and interactive on the Speedway Miramichi and the Tim's Corner Motorsports Facebook page. Dylan, we had last week, we had a problem with 660, and apparently 660 is still broke. So I don't know what Facebook's doing to try to cross-post that deal, but we'll try to get it up there as well. Because we've got a couple of big 660 guests, and Alexander Oblinus, Ryan Messer coming up as well, and Jonathan Dixon. So, Dylan, you're going to be on your toes tonight, I think. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and you forgot to mention, Tim, uh, the owner of Dover Motor Speedway. Or, uh, <laughs> so so how, how did you enjoy your race on the weekend? Eh, I'm kind of looking forward to Nashville. Okay, you're not even looking forward to Coda? Today's uh, my well, track, right? Well, of course, I don't have a share of Coda. That, that's privately owned. I, I own the publicly traded tracks. But, uh, you know, it was an all right race. I wish it could have been in uh, in Fredericton Geary uh, for the 660 race. Got to watch the Miramichi race on Saturday. That was pretty cool. Uh, drinking beer on my patio, watching everyone do everything, and watching Jonathan Dixon flip. I almost spilt my beer when that happened. So we'll get the full story from him in a bit. But uh, we are interactive. Uh, leave a comment, whether it's on Tim's Corner, Speedway 660, once we get it working. And Speedway Wear Machine, we got three great guests coming up tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a fun afternoon, fun evening. And uh want to thank the, the crew that put it on in Denver. 
I know you were responsible for kind of helping putting together the crew this week. Uh, Steve Austin did a phenomenal job. His first time in Miramichi uh, was great. Uh, Nick Kane was, was on the box. Uh, great to have him on uh, first time for Tim's Corner TV. Uh, John Forsyth obviously is amazing at, at, at doing camera. Uh, Matt Marr joined us uh, for the first time as well. Uh, Meredith, uh, Brittany said she was doing more. She apparently she's running for your title because she said she's the best flag person in Atlantic Canada right now. But she was the best flag girl in Atlantic flag Canada. Flag girl, flag person. What? Well, she's still holding flags, right? Well, uh, apparently, but she left halfway through to go drive a demo car, and so uh, she didn't did... drive. She didn't drive it very well either. Let's, <laughs> I was let's be honest. Say, <laughs> I hope she's watching, so uh, maybe she can drop a comment letting us know how the powder puff race went for her. But I... uh, we like to have some fun sure my phone will light up at some point it's it's going to be a fun night uh we got some great guests coming up so let's get to it we'll start with the driver of the number one car the remax east coast elite realty 75 winner for speedway 660 on the weekend it is ryan at messer and we'll just get the couple of extra steps out of the way by dylan hello ryan ryan welcome to the show hey thanks for having me so i guess let's start with what happened on sunday uh 11 cars in that race. The borders aren't open. It was kind of a weird pro stock sort of feel for us in Nova Scotia. We didn't get to get there. So how was it at the racetrack with the borders closed? And did it feel any different being in a pro stock? Uh, yeah, a little bit uh, coming from last season where we had like 20 cars or more pretty near every race. Like that seemed to really draw everybody out, want to go race and everybody was, was amped up and ready to go. And I mean, I think it was a pretty good count uh, given the circumstances of the borders being closed and it was uh, still an awesome race and uh, no, it was a good weekend all around. We are live and interactive with Ryan Messer. Be sure to drop us a question in the comment. We'll, uh, we'll get Dylan Langella on the case here this evening. Uh, let's talk about that race because the first half 52 laps caution free and you kind of was able to get the lead early and then kind of ran away from what happened in behind you. Uh, what were you thinking when that caution came out? It kind of bunched the field up a little bit. Uh, first thing I thought was that was not what I wanted at all or what I didn't need. Uh, I knew the car was good right off the start. I didn't really know how good, but I knew I stayed on Ashton and Dave pretty good and managed to keep Ashton up on the outside and got second. And I said, well, I'll ride behind Dave for a while. And then just in those couple laps, I seen how car, how good the car really was. So I said, well, I'll see if I can grab it and see what I can do. And and within a couple laps, I was able to to get up past Dave for the lead and and started to pull away. And I said, there, they're they're going to be saving a little bit. So, but this, there's a good chance with only 11 or 12 cars that that there's a good chance the thing could go green the whole way. So I wanted to at least get out to a comfortable lead and then worry about about saving something for the end because you know these tires once they get 50 laps on them, you really got to be careful. Uh, so right around lap 52, when that happened, I, that wasn't what I wanted a bit. Cause I wasn't sure if I quite saved enough compared to them. And, and then off that restart, the car was just picked right up where it left off. It was awesome. Dave was on the show last week and you could tell he was determined after all the laps he led in the two fifty, and then what happened with the lap car. And, uh, he starts, uh, right side by side with you and he put up a fight for a few laps. Talk about that battle between you and the 48. Cause he didn't, he didn't let you have it easy. No, he never does. That was, that's not the first side by side battle that I've had with him. 
and it's always a nail biter and it's a lot of fun racing side by side with them. Uh, I had him off the restart a little bit and he's so friggin' good at being able to put the bumper to you off four and you'll just think that you got loose. Like you won't even know he's done it. And then you look in the mirror and that yellow hood's going by you. So you got to really watch him. But uh, no one knew as soon as he got up to the outside, I said, well, the outside hasn't been that great today. So, but I gave it a shot and the car just stuck like better than it had all day. So I was like, well, I got to give it my best here. And we were able to come back around them. And I think it was pretty near 10 laps. We went side by side. So uh, I think it was a good show for the fans and uh, the car was hooked up. Now you picked up a weekly victory here a year, year and a half ago at, at 660, but these big races, it seems like ever since that 250 win, it's kind of been the Achilles heel uh, bad luck in the 250 in Halifax, a couple of tour races that you were running up front and should have had a top five finish and it ended up not going your way. How big of a relief is this? And it kind of get that bad luck monkey off your back in these big extended distance races. It definitely is a, a bit of a monkey off my back. Uh, last year was, was, uh, didn't have very much luck at all. Uh, we did get a weekly feature win at, at 660. Uh, but all the bigger races at like Petty and, uh, the one in uh, Shediac at the end of the year, uh, we'd have a good car. It just, we couldn't seem to really make it last or, or something would happen. Something would break. It just was one of those years. I mean, you have a stretch of three or four good years and then I, y'all, you're always due for a bad one at some point. And I think that was maybe just my turn. And then this year is off to a good start knock on wood. So, uh, hopefully we can keep the momentum going. And with our first run in the new car, I'm fe- I have a uh, high hopes for, for good results like that the rest of the year. Let's chat about that new car because I know Jeff and, and uh, CRF and those guys have been instrumental in, in putting that race car together along with, with you guys. Cause I know you guys do a lot of hard work in the shop. We did the shop stop there a couple of years ago. Uh, talk about how that deal all came together over the winter to eventually put it into Riverview Ford Lincoln victory lane. Uh, the car that uh, say I drove this past weekend, uh, it is an older car and it is a former Oblinus car. Um, I mean, it's, it's 10, 11 years old now. Um, I mean, a car from back then and then a car that would have been built this year. I mean, they're obviously going to be different. They're building them, uh, better, lighter every single year. So, uh, we just felt like we, there's no way we weren't really fighting that little bit of a, of a, like an uphill battle. And, uh, then we also made the deal with Andy Fox to drive one of his cars. And that was a different car again, a little bit newer and a different chassis. So we just kind of felt that after last year, that was also part of the battle was going back and forth between two cars because we'd have uh, one car for certain tracks and then another car for the other tracks. So we wouldn't have to really bounce back and forth between them. We can just keep them the same. But uh, now that this year that they're both the same, uh, we'll be able to, won't have to, you know, like they'll be closer together. So it'll be not such a jump going back and forth. And uh, talking to Jeff Armstrong at uh, GD Fabrication Race Cars, it seemed like it was going to be the best option. And uh, it's been great so far working with those guys and uh, the CRF chassis. Uh, It's unlike anything I've ever driven. You kind of mentioned this 2021 season. I don't think really at this point anybody knows what's going to go on, borders being closed. uh, The tour postponed their first two races, and June kind of looks a little doom and gloom as well. Uh, there is a pro stock race schedule for June 5 at Petty Raceway. Didn't get a hold of Wayne to try to confirm whether that's happening before the show or not tonight. But 
what do you foresee? Like, if, if we get back to racing in July and we start to, to see some tour racing, and we start to see the, the MB Pro Stock Series come back, what's kind of on your radar to, to, to hit this year? Uh, we're going to try and hit probably all the all the petty races, whether it's a uh, tour race or the open races that they've been having. Uh, they've been a great hit. And uh, after last year, petty is the one that I really want to try and get down pat. Like that place has haunted me for the last couple of years now. Uh, just try to learn it better, get our package better for there. Um, it's a great track. It just I haven't nailed it down yet uh we'd love to go like we plan this year to run the iwk 250 i've went there three or four times now to watch the race and it's been a bucket list just uh it's a lot of tires and all that a lot of money to go there so this year we were going to make it a goal to make it there uh whether that happens or not now hopefully um i mean with all the covid rules i feel like it was a pretty good uh it worked out good this past weekend you know with the all the protocols and all that. So hopefully we can keep doing, uh, doing the sport we love and, uh, and uh, get some racing. In. And speaking of behind you, you had two maritime racing legends behind you on Sunday uh, with David Blinas and Lonnie Somerville, two guys who have uh, been around the track a couple of times, just to put it lightly there. How does it feel that you, you beat two of the best in pro stock racing in New Brunswick on Sunday? It feels pretty awesome. Uh, they've both been racing a long time, raced a lot of races, different kind of cars. I mean, they, they're the best of the best um, of this sport. And uh, they're the kind of guys back when I raced sportsmen and they'd come out of the pro stocks and they'd race a sportsman race. Say it's the Firecracker 150 or on Speed Weekend. And those are the guys I'd always try to see while those guys are in those races, what can I learn from them to progress me as a driver and following those those two I've learned a ton and I still continue to do that. I follow those guys and I see, well, where are they beating me or where am I beating them? So I try to, to use those, uh, use those to progress my driving and, uh, no, they're always awesome to race against. Who would have been your racing heroes growing up, Ryan? Uh, some of my racing heroes would have been, uh, the local guys. I mean, Bradley Logan was always my favorite. Uh, he raced sportsman and he's from five minutes down the road from me. So I'd have to say he's probably my favorite. Well, that's all we got right now on social media. Well, actually, no, uh, just sliding in here as we finish that up, uh, talking about favorite drivers, uh, Brent Patterson, big fan of yours. He's wondering who's your favorite NASCAR driver. So that could be past or present. Uh, my favorite NASCAR driver. Well, I mean, I don't follow it too, too closely now. I've, I've always been a Kevin Harvick fan. Don't make fun of me for that, but, uh, no, I've always kind of liked, liked his driving and, uh, liked him as a driver. And that's all we got for now. So feel free to leave a question for Ryan. We'll get it on here, whether you're watching on TCM on Facebook, Speedway Miramichi, or if we're on 660, uh, leave it there on 660 as well. We're, we're trying to get that working. It's it uh, Facebook when it wants to work is great. Uh, I want to kind of add to what Dylan was talking about though. We're, we're seeing some B roll on the screen of the, the cat two fifty in Halifax a couple of years ago. And that you're on row number two, when you start that race and you've got Marty Prevo, Donald Chisholm on the front row, you got John Fleming and Sean Turple, I think right behind you, you got some, some racing legends that are, that are around there, at least on the tour side of things. Has there been any of those races that you, you've kind of lined up in the last couple of years and, and you know, seen maybe a John Fleming or, or one of those guys and said, hey, it's kind of cool that I'm on the same racetrack with them? 
Uh, yeah, the last year at the Cat, or a couple of years ago at the Cat 250, there was just the competition was crazy. I mean, you got the John Flemings, the Cassius Clerks, the Cole Butchers, like the best and the best uh, were there. And be able to start uh, on the second row, whatever it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I was a little bit nervous uh, just being where it was only the second or third time that I had been there. I mean, it was a tough track in practice. I felt like I was an absolute weapon and like, just cause the track is tough. It's rough. It's, but I, it's, it's my favorite track to drive on right now. I wish I I'd go back there tomorrow just to get a race in on it. Uh, when we've, and our car has been pretty good there anytime that we've been there. And now with the, with our new cars now, I feel like we could probably have a pretty good piece uh, to go there. I want to kind of look back because you, you got that started in Bandoleros, at least on the stock car side of things. And uh, that's the big step in Nova Scotia. You, your Dylan Blankhorns, your Cole Butchers, your Jared Butchers. Uh, it kind of came in, in in 2009, 2010 in Frederick where you had that boom. Uh, and you see those those kids come through the ranks, uh, the Dana Hams, the Cole Budros, uh, kind of moved on from, from things. But uh, how cool was it to be a part of that first group in, in New Brunswick to really get those bandoleros and, and get those, you know, 15, 20, 25 cars that you guys had when you started? Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I was part of the eight of us, I think, that started back in 2010. Uh, and, I mean, I think it, it was a big hit ever since we started. And then the second year in 2011, that was the year we had 25 cars every week. Uh, either at Petty or that was the year that Petty, I think, was starting back up and we had good counts there too. Uh, but it'd be awesome to see that again someday. I mean, I know the bandos have died down a little bit since then. Uh, but no, back then that was where all a lot of drivers that are still in it today uh, really got their start and we've all learned a lot from it. And uh, no, it was a lot of fun back then. With these kids that are moving up, Scotia still has a great concentration of bandoleros. There's still a few in the province of New Brunswick. There's a couple in PEI, and I know Eastbound Park is starting up this weekend, and they've got a, a couple of really good young kids over there that are racing bandoleros. You were in their shoes a couple of years ago. Now you're winning Pro Stock 250s in these big races. What kind of advice can you give to those kids that are just starting out and maybe looking up to you saying, you know, I want to be the next Ryan Messer? Uh, the bandos are definitely going to teach you everything you really know, uh, like to, for jumping, you need to know for jumping up into these bigger cars. I mean, yeah, you're going to have the more, the more car around you, the more power, all that, but that's going to all come to you a lot more naturally. Like you're not going to look out the window saying, Holy, look how fast I'm going. You're going to know how to focus in, hit your marks. You're going to know how to, how to do all that kind of stuff. And, uh, that's what the bandos taught me. I mean, right after Bandoleros, I went to the Atlantic Modifieds, which that gave really gave me the, the big car feeling. I mean, they got lots of grip. They're fast. Um, so that prepared me for, for like the full-bodied cars. Um, you, so, yeah. With, with, the, with that Modified, you had a lot of success in that. And I think that car kind of went down the road because Justin Beers won a championship in that thing too. But uh, usually, you, Dave talked about it last week with the girls and, and Frank Frazier had told them, go to street stock. Uh, what was the, the thought behind moving to the modified as maybe opposed to a street stock or a sportsman at the time? Uh, well, the only real reason was just, I thought we thought it would be a better car to learn in. Um, well, it was kind of, the car was kind of a surprise to me. I mean, I walked in the shop one night and there it was. And then that said, this is the, our new project. And we went at it, building it for two, like about two winters after that, before we, we had it ready. 
it, it seemed like a better car to learn in for me. I mean, you got the bigger, the pro stock tires, a little bit smaller motor, but it's a full size car. And then just the group of guys that I'd be racing against. I mean, it's, it was awesome to race with those guys. They're all clean. And I was in a, I was in a little bit of an accident up in Miramichi. And I think at least someone from all the crews pretty near were there trying to throw the thing back together. It was like second last race. I was trying to win the championship and there was crew guys from all every team there trying to get me back out and I did get back out and I finished the race. So, uh, so, so that so, stuff like that, uh, is pretty awesome. And there was a lot of that with those guys. And I think still can be the same said with those modified guys. We're going to talk a little more modifieds later on in the show because they are opening their season this weekend at Petty International Raceway. We're live and interactive. Drop us a comment. Drop us a question down there for Ryan Messer and we'll get it on the show. But before we get back to Dylan Langell, Denver, I know your wheels are turning over there. You were there on Sunday. What do you got for Ryan Messer? Well, Ryan, I want to talk about this first. And, uh, you know, we've seen you win a lot of races. But it always seems, you know, with your 250 wins, the Speed Weekend, Sportsman 150 win, you know, you just kind of bide your time. And at the end of the race, you're there, you pounce it, and you sneak away with the victory. But that wasn't the case on Sunday. You dominated that race. I know Dave gave you a bit of a challenge on that late, late race restart. But that's not something we've typically seen out of you. So how cool was that to just be up front? And, you know, for those first 52 laps, you were whooping the field. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the thing that was a little bit of a of more of like a shock to me like it seems like for the bigger races i do better with duct tape on the car for some reason like if it's all beat to pieces that's when i'm fast uh so i mean to go out just right at fire out of the gate get to the lead and pull a straightaway lead and just that kind of a that kind of a run i mean i haven't done that that many times really uh just we had that good of a car it stayed consistent it lasted it lasted the whole race. I mean, I had, I had almost the car I had at the end as I did when I started. And I mean, that's pretty hard to come by in a race car really. Yeah. And it really looked like it was a dream to drive. I want to talk a bit about your pit crews. I know you have a, a small team, a family team. Uh, tell us a bit about the crew and everyone that made that happen. Cause uh, you know, you guys are a pretty close bunch. Uh, yeah, we're all a family team. Uh, uh, my mom and dad, first and foremost, all that they do, uh, I mean, I, I just got done doing school and I got a real busy job. I work overtime quite a bit. Uh, and no matter the circumstances, uh, my mom and dad always make sure the cars are ready to go to the racetrack every weekend and compete for wins. And it wouldn't all be possible without them. I uh, can't thank them enough. Uh, I got to thank my grandparents. They're always making it out to the races, helping uh, wherever need be. Uh, I got to thank my uh, other crew members, uh, George and Jackson. Uh, a huge thank you to my girlfriend Camden for uh, letting me do this. Uh, just everybody that that supports me and uh, helps me do uh, the sport that I love. So as a small team, and I know we didn't get to see the full field of pro stocks we're used to with the borders closed, but to be out competing with some teams that you know, when you're running on a smaller budget and, and you know small everything's smaller, um, what's it like out there competing with all those big names and, and running with them and being competitive against them? Uh, it feels pretty good. I mean, you get these bigger races like the 250 and then there's 30 cars there uh, to definitely run good against like the, the caliber of cars that go to those races. It, it's just crazy. And to be able to be competitive at um, races like that is pretty special for a little team like ours. 
So before I throw it over to Dylan, I got a question for you because I know uh, it's always been a tradition with your grandparents. Every time you've won a race, the, the checkered flag went out at the end of the road. So was that checkered flag out on, at the end of the road Monday for everyone that was uh, driving through Harvey to see? Yes, it is. And it's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan, what do you got on social? Well, Ryan, uh, Canada actually wrote a question in there. What's your favorite racetrack food? Racetrack food? Uh Jumpins. I don't eat a whole lot of racetrack food. Usually, uh, usually mom's in the trailer and always making uh, good meals and stuff down there for the whole team. So I definitely have to thank her for that. Uh, favorite uh, meals. They used to be the freezies from the race, uh, any racetrack really, you know, the big, great big jumbo freezies. Mm -hmm. Those were always my favorite. You'd see me put four of those back in a day back when I used to raise bando. I don't do that quite uh, anymore, but well, we heard drivers like Dylan Blankhorn talk about certain rituals. Uh, he was pounding back uh, the, the roll aids or uh, gravel. Gravel. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you do to get in the zone before race day? Any rituals on race day? Not really. Uh, I used to always not be sick, but just like, you know, I stomach would be all cramped up. I mean, that was back in around bandos and stuff. And uh, just once I raced the sportsman car for a little bit, that all seemed to go away. I mean, I fell asleep on the ramp on the ramp door of the trailer before a pro stock racer a year or so ago. Like, I don't seem to get nervous much anymore. Like, it's just I've I've raced for pretty much long enough now. Not there's nothing really new anymore about it. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit better uh, for pre-race and stuff. So there's nothing really special that I that I do other than just. Try to keep calm, think of uh, what I got to do and what's the head. Speaking of sportsmen, Jordan Vino's watching, and uh, he's a guy making the jump to pro stocks this year whenever we get racing in Nova Scotia. But he wrote that you should get another sportsman car again to uh, dabble in some of the big races that come up, like the River Glade International. Would you think about stepping into a sportsman in the near future, whether it was offered to you or you maybe pick up another one? If it was offered, I would absolutely jump on that. Yeah, either whether it's a sportsman, a street stock, anything with four wheels and a motor, I I would be down to to give it a try. I mean, I do miss racing in the sportsman cars. I only ran them for a couple of years, and I loved it for the time that I was in it. Uh, the I haven't raced anywhere other than Speedway 660 in a sportsman, so I definitely would love to try uh, races at other tracks in one. I think that would definitely be a lot of fun. Well, there you go, sportsman owners. You got one of the best of the best in pro stocks looking for a ride. Uh, speaking of drivers, a fellow driver, Riley Harris, he's watching. He wrote, hey, Ryan, I'm wondering how you started using number one for your number. It's a pretty cool number. So why number one for you? Uh, no, in particular reason. Uh, I, I remember saying to dad a long time ago, this was like a year or two before I even started uh, go-kart racing. So I would have been six or seven and I think he asked me what number I would be if I was to race, and I had three numbers in mind. I think I had number one, 22, and 88, something like that. And then it was, I think it was that Christmas that uh, I walked down down the stairs into the basement, and I had been uh, saying how bad I wanted to go race, and I just wanted to race. didn't matter what it was. It could have been, it could have been a full-size race car, go-kart, uh, dirt bike, didn't matter. Uh and uh, they, they got me a go-kart that Christmas, and it was yellow at the time, but it had a big number one on it. And then it's uh, it's stuck ever since. 
Well, you're number one at the real racetrack and number one on iRacing. You know, we did a bunch last year with the pandemic kicking off and uh, to cover the winter and the fall this previous year. You're pretty darn good at iRacing. Does some of that transition well to the real racetrack for you with your success? I think it definitely does. Um, the the iRacing is uh, realistic enough in terms of... Uh, of like setting a car up or making adjustments. Um, you can use, you can use that. You can almost try different stuff. Uh, you won't get the feeling in the seat, obviously, but you'll kind of get a rough idea of what's the, what stuff works, what doesn't. Uh, and also just uh, in driving wise, uh, say going down into the corner and hit where your vision's got to be hitting your marks. Um I've learned to kind of be able to tell, say, if you've got a car getting loose coming off the corner, I can kind of see that now from using eye racing. And I can't say if it does or it doesn't help, but I, I think it helps also transitioning to the real world racing. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a good tool to stay practiced up and uh, develop your skill even more. That's all we got for now here on social media, Tim. Yeah, we're, we're showing some of the highlights of the, uh, I believe this is the All-Star Showcase you won back uh, a little while ago on the iRacing deal. Uh, has there has there been any run-ins that you've had with anybody on the iRacing track that uh, kind of boiled over? I, I think, if I remember it correctly, everything was calm with you, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's just all good fun on the iRacing. I mean, uh, yeah. You do take it a little bit seriously. I mean, uh, you can put a lot, you can eat pretty easy to put a lot of time uh, making setups for them and uh, and all that just to be competitive. Uh, the races that you do where they're fixed, they're a little bit better for people that, you know, they got to work all day and then you can show up that night and do some racing. Uh, it's pretty good fun. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the finish of the, the five flags race that we're watching. So that was a, that was a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat show. Uh, let's talk about bucket list items. You've won the 250. Uh, you've won a bunch of big races in sportsmen, all big races all throughout your career. Is there any race that either you haven't won that you mentioned going back into a sportsman or going back that you'd kind of like to click off the list or is there one in pro stock that you kind of want to get off your list, uh, sooner rather than later? Uh, I mean, you've always got to think about the, the crown jewel races, uh, like the IWK 250, the cat 250, um, I have won the, the speed weekend 250 in Gary. I mean, you know, I'm always going to want to win it again, obviously. And, uh, no, those, those three races there, uh, are, they're the, the bucket list races for me. Uh, the, the, one of my biggest bucket list races is any race, say at a place like Oxford. I mean, the competition that's down there, um, it's just crazy. I mean, you got, you got the, all the past drivers down there. It's been a dream ever since I started going to the 250 down there uh, to make it there someday. Uh, once the borders open up, hopefully within a couple of years, maybe we'll be able to make a run down there. Now you ran Florida Speed Weeks in the Bando way back when. Uh, we see Nicholas Noggle and, and uh, Austin McDonald and a couple of those drivers that started at Winter Nationals and kind of worked their way up through. Uh, is it something that, you know, you have in the back of your mind, bucket list trip, if it eventually all lines up to, to maybe go back to Florida and maybe do a little racing down there? Uh, yeah, that would be pretty awesome to do. Uh, I mean, you go down in Florida and places like that and you go to a super late model race or a pro late model race. And, uh, it's just a complete different world of racing. I mean, it's, uh, you got all the big name drivers going, uh, to those races. I mean, 
that would obviously be that'd be pretty awesome to give it a shot against those guys if I had ever had the opportunity. Uh, so yeah, that would definitely be cool to, to try someday. So let's look forward to, to June 5th. If there is a pro stock race at Petty International Raceway, what's the mindset going in? Uh, will you make the trip to that one? If, if there is a race there, let's kind of peer into the crystal ball and let's kind of, you know, play devil's advocate a little bit here. Yep. Uh, it's on our, it's on our, uh, on our schedule, uh, to make it to that one. Uh, our main goal there is to obviously stay in one piece. That's one of the biggest goals when we go to Petty, it's a little tighter track, but a lot of fun. Uh, just keep fenders on it, see, uh, what our new car, what we can do with it, what it, what it needs to improve if, uh, if it needs it. Um, just still trying to me learn the track, I guess, as well in this new car. Um, I've heard that there's been a few changes made uh, to it. So just try to overall have a good run. Stay in one piece is, uh, is about the goal. Denver, what do you have for, for Ryan? Because I know there's there's some wheels turning there. There's been some lights going on back and forth there, too. If you're you're watching on the on the Facebook feed, there's been a light show that Denver's been going on with there, too. So what do you got over there, Denver? I think that Meredith just wanted to try to – Mimic some fireworks for Ryan's win or something. Oh, um, oh that's what we had yeah, no. That, it was an afternoon race. We had no fireworks. Yeah, tonight. I think What's it was just some fireworks. I don't know, <laughs> or a light show of some sort. But uh, Ryan, I want to ask you uh, about the camaraderie between you and Ashton Tucker. This is a driver that you know you started with him, or he started with you and Bandos. I guess you had a couple years on him, but you know you worked your way up the ranks. You just kind of went different ways, but then you just came back together in pro stocks, and now you you've raced each other. Uh, for championships, for wins, you each have uh, a win in the 250. Um, you know, you race each other on I racing, and Ashton said here the other week that uh, he could put, race against anyone in a demo car. It would be you. So, uh, kind of tell us a bit about you know, it's you uh, like to poke some fun at each other and, and mess around, but then on the track, you guys uh, show a lot of respect for each other. It seems. Yeah, I always like talking to Ashton, and we have fun throughout the winter uh, on the iRacing. I'd love to try a demo car against them. I think that would be a lot of fun someday. Uh, no, he's, I mean, you go to a big, any kind of race that he's in, and you can't, you can't count him out. Um, he's one of the best drivers around. Him and uh, the Brad Silica team, they've got their stuff figured out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we've raced for a few years on and off. Um, I mean, he's always, he's fun to be around, and, uh, Tim, Barry keeps talking about these grudge match race cars for Miramichi. That would be a show, wouldn't it? If we put Ashton Tucker and Ryan Messer in Barry's uh, grudge cars and let them go for 10 laps. Yeah, I think it would. Uh, I, I, there's been a couple of those uh, match races brought up, and I, I think that's one that – because you, you've raced – you mentioned you've raced in Miramichi before. Have you ever thought about, you know, getting into one of those demos? Because I'm sure you've seen them. They're pretty wild up there. What are, you, what are your thoughts on those uh, those demo events that they have? I know that they do look fun. Uh, I was up there one time and said, that looks like it'd be some fun to do. And then about 10 minutes later, there's a car getting towed off with the passenger side door touching the driver's seat. So it's uh, it looks a little scary at other times. So I think it would be it'd be pretty good fun. There you go, Denver. I, I think we have a uh, we have to get Barry lined up on this. So, you know, the match race between Ashton and, and Ryan. We have Riley and Bob Goodwin. He wants to know. do it. He I knows. Do it is the, he I already? Do, he I do it in the pro stock if they let us. <laughs> we can do that too. <laughs> we can do that too. I don't know if Barry's going to allow us, but we can put words in his mouth. Listen, right? we will, <laughs> listen, I will make sure that Barry allows that. We if we put uh, Ashton and Ryan on the track together, head to head, I think we'd have to add some more seats. That would uh, that would be the most entertainment I think we'd ever see. 
Yeah, it, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> is there a racetrack that you haven't been on yet that you want to try? Uh, obviously, Oyster Bed didn't do the sportsman deal. Uh, haven't been over there with the pro stock yet. Uh, I know Dylan's got a dirt track down there in, in the Valley. Is there any, any racetrack that you kind of have in the Maritime circled on your radar that, said that might be kind of cool to take a look at? Uh, probably the top one would be Oyster Bed. Um, I mean, I know they got the tour races over there. Uh, I haven't been there before. I've just watched some videos. I know it looks tight. It's got banking. It looks pretty fast. Uh, I think that would definitely be a place that I'd love to try and uh, go race in the near future for sure. We're live and interactive. We've got uh, Alexander Oblinas coming up in just a few moments' time. So get your final questions in for, for Ryan and, and comments, and, and Dylan can get down there. It sounds like, Dylan, you've got some friends over there on social. I got a friend, a friend in Barry Richard. Uh, oh, do you? <laughs> well, he wrote that uh, he wrote sure thing about that little head to head, but uh, the thrill maker would have to be involved in there too, since he brought the pro stock last October. So that there's three, there's three volunteered so far. Well, if they, if we can get eleven at six sixty last week, I, I know Kevin. I think the last pro stock race up there, Kevin Moore was a part of it. Uh, yeah, obviously the, with the borders closed, but you'd have the king card. Jonathan Hicken won that race. Uh, you had some decent, decent names up there. Wayne Smith was in that race. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of cars left in the lead lap because I don't think they anticipated it to go hundred plus laps, green flag, green to checkered, but, uh, it was a great show overall. Uh, you had the, the Brad Sullicker car there. Who was driving that car at the time? Denver, do you Johnny remember John Rankin? John Rankin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it, it, we, we can all reminisce and everything else, but there's, there are new drivers in, in pro stock cars now. So we've got to do this again, right? This, this is what we got to do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> They had yeah. some pretty good uh, sportsman races back then. I mean, you had the the Ken McKenzies, the Robbie Frazier's, Dave Oblinas. I mean, there was a really good stout field of sportsman cars that used to race up there. And then, like you said, they had a good pro stock race back then. So that'd be cool to do to do again some year for sure. Maybe it's maybe it's a street stock because that street stock series. I, we we obviously with the borders closed, we have no idea what's going to go on with that street stock series. But I uh, get the very best fall shootout. Uh, the Urquhart Construction 100 at 660, the 5K at, at Petty. Uh, you, you've grown up at 660. I'll ask you about the Ricky Bobby race because I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's a 200 this year or a 150. Or it, 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 it keeps getting bigger. Uh, the, the prize purse keeps getting bigger. The fundraising keeps getting bigger. How cool is it to see that grassroots event at, at your home racetrack? I think that's pretty awesome to see. And I mean, the fans that have uh, come out to that race is just, it's unbelievable, really. I mean, a couple, few people, uh, I don't, I wouldn't know them off by name, but I think it was just an idea that kind of formed up. And I mean, a couple, few years later, look what it's turned into. It's one of the biggest races in the Maritimes for street stocks. Uh, I mean, it's big money now. There's, there's two dozen cars or more showing up to it. You're pretty, you're going to have to qualify for it soon, really the way that the street stock class is going in the Maritimes. And then that's, that's awesome to see. Um, that'd be def That's probably going back to bucket, bucket list races. That would be one of my bucket list races would be to run. Uh, the, I've never been in a street stock, but I have been in a sportsman. So I, I think they're, they're kind of similar. Uh, so to race with those guys would, in a big race like that would definitely be cool. So do you think you could go head to head with Ricky Cashel? Oh, I give him a try. <laughs> <laughs> It, it seems like he's he's the one that, that you have to race with. Uh, we talked about guys earlier, veterans and what have you, and I guess he's one of the legends to 
that you need to race against at least once. In Nova Scotia, it's Cy Harvey. It's got to be Rick Cashel in New Brunswick. But Dylan, you agree? 100%. Yeah. Who do you got on social? Final call. What do you, what do you got over there? Well, J.A. McLeod wrote, any changes to the car you want to make after the big win on Sunday? Is it pitcher perfect and let it be for the next 660 race? Or I guess with Petty being quite different, uh, would you would you bring another car if you have another one? Or would you do a bunch of changes to it? I told Dad I, I didn't even want to take the duct tape that's off the quarter panel on it. I just wanted to leave it the same and, and put it back. Uh, no, all we're going to really do is just get it cleaned up again, any little minor repairs, and then uh, put it back in the box and come back pretty much with what we have. We might experiment a little bit. It's uh, hard to say yet, but uh, no, I mean, our, that car had a really good outing for its first race, and uh, I think we're we're on to it pretty good uh, with that one. So hopefully we'll be as good or better for the next one. We'll cap off the social media portion uh, with this question because it always comes up uh, from Brent and it's always interesting to get people's uh, takes on their worst wreck. But what would you say is your worst wreck so far in your young career? Uh, I've only had a few um, in my career, two of them in the bando. One of them was in the sportsman, which I just took a tumble over the, uh, the bank at Gary, which wasn't bad at all, really it just sucked more or less. Uh, in the bando, I had a couple of rollovers, and the, one of the worst things about it, uh, the two rollovers, is what they were about three weeks apart. I rolled uh, down in Waterford, Connecticut, at the Waterford Speed Bowl. I mean, down there, the bandos are, were they were just like Daytona, like two laps in uh, from starting on pole. I was getting pushed, like almost like drafting. So anyway, a couple laps into it, up and over, I went over and two, and that was pretty violent. You I mean there was no sand to be seen down there. Uh, so that did a good number on the car. And then a couple, a few weeks later in the heat race off the, off the ramp and turn two and into the beach, I went and, uh, rolled a real good that time. So that one was probably my worst wreck. I'd, I'd say to date, hopefully there's no more, but that, that's the worst one so far. Yeah. Fingers crossed in that one, especially with how uh, good the new car is. We want to keep that picture perfect, right, Tim? Absolutely. You do. And it's the, First race of the season, first checkered flag, the the win percentage is 100%. So uh, it, it all works out uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I know you got some big marketing partners on your race car that have been there for so long. Uh, Dana, I think, has been there since pretty much day number one. Uh, how cool is it to have Dana's Collision Center still on that race car? Uh, it's very awesome uh, to have him. I mean, ever since he started sponsoring uh, our team, uh, it would have been back in 2015 when I started Sportsman, started weekly racing again back at Gary. Uh, I mean, him and uh, Dana and Carol Alexander have just treated us like family, just like their own. And I couldn't ask for, for better sponsors um, on our team. I really have to thank uh, Andy and Anita Fox from uh, the Waterfront Pub Needery. Um, they are what made it possible uh, to make our upgrades to our cars this year and I couldn't thank them enough for all that, that they're doing for us, for our team. Uh, I've also got to thank my other sponsors, Moffitt's Convenience Plus, Northeast Distributors, uh, uh, Watson's Home Hardware, Bumper to Bumper, Excel Manufacturing, The Cabin Restaurant, uh, M MC Hammer, Rec Auto CarQuest, Service Master Mufton, Kojaks, Petro Canada, Wonder Muffler, Thunder Lightning Motorsports. Uh, I got to thank, again, my crew, mom and dad, uh, Camden, Jackson, George, uh, all my grandparents, and everyone that uh, makes this deal possible.
I think you got everybody included in there. So I'll ask you any final thoughts from this weekend, any, anything that you're going to take from this weekend that you're going to move forward to uh, for this season, anything uh, we, we didn't cover from, from Sunday at the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener. Uh, I think it's just going to be a, another good year racing. Uh, hopefully all the borders will open back up and we can, uh, I mean, last year was just awesome. Big, it seemed like big races, like, 150s and 250s pretty near every week there was a big race happening somewhere so hopefully we can get back to that i mean maybe ease into it see if we can keep all the keep all the you know all the covid cases and all that just do our part to uh to keep all that in line and uh get back to a to a little bit more of a normal summer well thank you for joining us here this evening we wish all the best put that car cover over that car don't touch it because it was on rails on sunday and uh, we'll see you on the racetrack whenever the next Pro Stock race is. Yes, thanks for having me. That's Ryan Messer. And Dylan, exciting news. The Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame now has nominations open. Uh, I know you got a little more information on that. Yeah, am I being uh, inducted? Oh, wait, uh, sorry. That, that, is a, uh, that is a question for, I believe, Mike James, I believe. Ah, yes, bye. But uh, yeah, that was announced earlier today, the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. Uh, they're looking for nominations for the class of 2021. Uh, they're accepting applications to, until July 30th. And uh, you, you could vote for your favorite driver. You could vote for an owner, a, a pit crew member, whoever's involved with racing on the East Coast. And that's something we really want to get is more East Coasters, uh, Maritimers, Atlanta Canadians into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. And I mean, there's a who's who of uh, famous drivers from Junior Hanley all the way to Frank Frazier, part of that Hall of Fame. Uh, so again, you can go to, to TCM, uh, timscorner.ca, and you can click on the post that says call for nominations to the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame for the year 2021. The full details are there and vote for your favorite driver or or favorite member of any organization with racing here in the Maritimes. And uh, let's get an East Coaster here in the Hall of Fame for 2021. And the cool thing that I was talking to Joan Rui a little bit earlier on, and the cool thing about this deal is that they uh, hit they don't know who they're nominating or who they're looking at when they're going through the ledger. They're just looking at uh, accomplishments, resumes. Uh, they don't see names until the scoring is done and they have the final, final list. So that's, that's kind of neat. Uh, so head over to uh, cmhf.ca for all the information when it comes to the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. Nominations now open, and I know they are looking for some more names from the East Coast, but we they can't go in unless they are nominated. So this is the opportunity uh, to do so now. We are waiting on Alexandra Oblinas, so we will bring Dylan Langell back up for the moment until uh, we get Alex on here. But uh, I'm going to call an audible, Paul. Let's go to our picks from this week. Uh, let's go to... Uh, what we were going to do a little bit later on, but we'll get it now because what Tim, firstly, can, can I interrupt you first? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can. I threw names out there. Is Frank Frazier part of the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame? I believe he is. Okay. I just want to make sure if he wasn't vote for him, but uh, if he's in there, vote for your next favorite person. Okay. Well, there you go. And <laughs> you know what? We're going to call another audible. There's our fantasy points on the screen. We'll go through this. Now we have Alex Oblinas with us, but first Dylan, you're first. You scored 100 points last week. Yay! I know. Ain't I good? Yeah, you are. Uh, something like that. Uh, <laughs> me me, and Denver were a little bit off the mark. Our race for this week that we are doing for our fantasy points is the Atlantic Modified Tour season opener at Petty Raceway. The 
Entry list is on your screen. You'll have an opportunity on Facebook this week to pick your favorite. We're having a fan sort of deal here too. So uh, our picks for this week, me and Denver are on the same wavelength. Denver, who do we have? Tim, we have the defending Atlantic Modified Tour champion and I guess the defending Petty International Raceway Modified champion, seeing as there was no uh, track champion crowned in 2020. Uh, Mr. Eve McRae, driver of car number 58. Uh, Tim, I think we're on the right track for this week. I think we are. Um, Joe Hoyt's going to be strong. There's there's a couple of names in there that the Zine Dutcher's always great when he goes to Petty. Uh, Dylan, you have Travis Conroy. I do. And I was the top guy last week. Don't ask me. I know how to pick him. <laughs> Mic drop. Just move on, I guess. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. You can make your pick later on this week on the Tim's Corner Motorsports Facebook page, but we're going to bring in a driver second winner on the evening that we have. And this was the scene coming out of corner number four, two drivers that weren't the 74 car. And then all of a sudden down to the inside into Riverview Ford Lincoln victory lane, Alexander Oblinas, welcome to the show. Thank you. So you're sitting in third. You see mm-hmm. two cars in front of you. What was going through your mind when what happened in turn four happened? Uh, well, I was pretty content, uh, going to finish third there. And they started to kind of get together a little bit with like two to go. And I backed out of it because I wanted to give myself room in case anything happened. But uh, yeah, coming out of four there on the last lap, it was, I don't even know what happened. All I know is that they both went up and I just drove straight off and I was, I seen the 11 coming back down towards me. It looked like he was going to come down and clip me. So all I heard on the radio was go, go, go to make sure that I got by them. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what happened there. You've seen these races play out before. You've had a couple of these wins at Speedway 660. Uh, your sister seemed to have a fast race car in the second half of that race. Cause it had a lot of green flag laps to it. She got by. Did you kind of have that that sense as to these these two up front of me might get a little bit racy? Uh, I mean, she was beating on me there for a couple laps. She was way faster than me the second half of the race. Um, I changed a bunch of stuff on my car this year, and I was playing around with brakes and stuff, so that wasn't really going very good for me. But uh, when she got by me, I let her kind of – I let her by because I knew she was faster and there's no point in holding her up. But when she got to him, I didn't know if they were going to try to race each other hard or if they were going to give each other room because it was the first race. But um, yeah, the, the incident with two to go, they were both sideways and I almost ran them both over, but I could have gone around them, but I decided I thought better of it. I didn't want to go three wide, but um, yeah, I didn't expect that to happen on the last lap for sure. We are live and interactive here this evening. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. We'll get Dylan Langell on the case. He's been busy all night long. And Dylan, I think the Speedway 660 page does have a share on it. So keep your eye over there as well. How big is it to win that first race of the season? Momentum-wise, we just had Ryan Messer on. How big is it for you to win the first race of the season that you're in? That's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever won the season opener anywhere. I've always had bad luck or something break or just the car wasn't right after changing it over the off season. But I don't think we're going to run for points. I don't, we're not planning on going to the next one, but 
Um, it's definitely a confidence booster being able to win the first one right out of the bat and kind of get the win out of the way. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything, that, any wins that come from now on are kind of a bonus. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to get the first one, that's for sure. There was only eight cars up there, but it was a damn good race to watch. Uh, how cool is it to have that competition so close at that racetrack, albeit being that small of a field? Yeah, it was uh, it was a tight field. There was only eight of us there, but all day in practice, we were watching the times on the on the app that they've got set up there, and they were like probably all eight of us were within two tenths of each other. Like the top five were all running identical times, so we didn't know how the day was going to go because we were all so close in times, and we like any one of us could have won it really. Like that's just how the day went, and. Um, yeah, it just ended up that the three of us were up front battling there, but uh, it's it's we, there's a stout field there. It, even though there's not very many cars, there's anybody could win every week. Now, you mentioned not running for points, but there's some pretty big races there this year. There's a 200 lap sports race there in the middle of the season. Obviously, speed weekend is always big. Does it, it send a statement, give a momentum boost to, to those big races coming up, knowing that you got one in the pocket already? Oh, for sure. I mean, I've got to change a few things on the car to get it working better, but uh, it's definitely a good start. And I mean, it's good to, like I said, have that win kind of in my pocket and out of the way and uh, going into the big races, anything else is just a bonus. So um, I've got notes to work off of and we'll go from there, I guess. The big races should be fun. That's for sure. I guess while we're on the subject, 200 laps in a sportsman car at 660. Thoughts? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming they're going to be breaking it up into 200 lap segments. I don't know yet. But I think it should go 200 straight. If you have to pit, then that's just something more strategy that you got to play into it. But, um, yeah, I doubt they'll do that. They'll probably have a break at halfway or something. But, I'm excited for 200 laps. I mean, I love big races just because you've got to have more strategy that comes into play and you got to kind of save your stuff till the end and not break, get your car all wore out before uh, like 50 to go anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that 200 lapper is going to be fun. So we'll see, I guess. I like the idea of 200 straight. I'm sure there's going to be some people in the, in the chat and the comments that like it. I'm sure there's going to be some that don't too, but I'm sure we're going to hear that at some point tonight. Sure. Dylan, what do you got for early returns on, on social? Well, taking a look through here and uh, Alex, uh, congratulations. Uh, that was a wild race to watch uh, on yeah. TCM TV. I, I let an audible damn when that happened on, on the, with two to go. And then uh, the crazy finish. I'm pretty sure I said the same thing. So <laughs> uh, our guest coming up a little later, Jonathan Dixon's wondering, did you put Joel to work on the car this weekend? Oh, definitely. <laughs> he was he was working on the car all weekend. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm wondering, Alex, you know, th there's always brother combinations in all kinds of sports and motorsports as well. Sisters, not so much. Mm -hmm. How special is that that you get to share the track with your sister and then I guess be going for the win alongside with her too? That's pretty cool. I mean, it's always fun to be able to run up front with the guys because it's such a guy dominated sport, but uh, to have both of us out of the same stable, always able to run up front is fun. And um, 
I mean, some people don't like it. Some people do. It is what it is. But we think it's pretty cool that two two girls can run up front all the time with the guys. And uh, we try to run each other clean. It doesn't always happen. But, I mean, that is what it is. We don't – we don't we give each other room and we don't at the same time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always fun the, to know that we're going to show up and we're going to be able to run up front, hopefully, and, uh, yeah, be there for the win at the end. Fred here on Facebook's wondering, have you ever considered switching to disc brakes on the rear of your car? Uh, I tried disc brakes on the car at one point, but I did not like it. And that's just Fred being, uh, tormenting me. But, uh, yeah, I tried them for like three races, I think. And I just, I couldn't get them to work right. So I took them back off and put the drums on and haven't gone back since. So probably not going to go back to discs anytime soon. <laughs> for a race fan that may not exactly know what that means, uh, what are the big differences between uh, disc brake and the others you were mentioning there? Uh, yeah, so disc brakes are like rotors and brake pads and calipers. So that's usually what you see on the front of the car. And then drum brakes would be like kind of old school type brakes. So it's got like a a drum that goes over the axle and then it's got like brake shoes inside of it. So it's not an actual, doesn't, it, the, the drums don't have as much stopping power, but in the sportsman cars, it's hard to get the disc brakes to work just because they have too much stopping power and it makes the cars loose going into the corner. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the basic explanation of it not for me to understand uh tim dean is wondering if the borders open up the nova scotia new brunswick border would you consider running the iwk 250 sportsman race i would love to but sponsorship and funding just probably isn't going to allow that because there's a lot of stuff we need to change on the cars to be able to do that uh, we have to change, put, we have to put the exhaust under the car because it comes out the door right now. Uh, we need a two barrel. It's got a four barrel on it. We got to change front springs because they've got a 800 minimum spring rate, I think, there. And uh, rear end gears, like there's a lot of stuff that we need to change. And if I were to go, we need to do both cars because I can't go and not take Courtney. So that's everything, all, the, all that stuff I just mentioned times two. So uh yeah I, I would love to go and race that race that's always been a bucket list race for me but unfortunately uh sponsorship and funding right now just isn't probably isn't going to allow that dylan are you thinking what i'm thinking uh what are you thinking so dave shows up in sydney last year where was the invite to you guys did you guys even get the invite to come up with race cars no no we, we were not allowed to go with race cars <laughs> Trust me, I wanted to. <laughs> there, there you go. Dylan, what else you got on social? Uh, well, Taylor Albert, he wrote, Hey, Alex, do you, ever, do you ever see yourself getting back in a street stock for a big race like the Ricky Bobby if you had the option to? Uh, I, I would, yeah. I'd love to get back in the street stock and race those big races. There's a lot of competition in the street stocks now, and it's really cool to watch. Um whether I get to an opportunity to do that, I don't know. Um, I've al I always tease Justin Cole because he has my old car that I used to race. And I said, I want to buy it back from him when he's done with it. And he told me that he's taking that one to the grave with him. So 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I don't get a car like I had, I don't know if I'd want to run because there is some tough competition in that class these days. And you'd want your stuff top notch to be able to go out and run with them. Well, I'm assuming you had to watch some of those races last year at 660 and even Petty. I mean, from the announcer booth, uh, myself and Jesse Thompson were staring at like 30 street stocks at Petty. Uh, does that almost give you a, a, a bug to say, man, I'd like to be back out here with the boys and girls racing? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's it's so cool to be able to see car camps like that in any division, really. Um, I mean, I know last year in the Mike Stevens race, we had 28 sportsman cars, I think. And that was awesome. Like, it's so cool to have that many cars show up to a race just for the fans and for us, the competition, like the more competition, the more fun the racing is. So I would, I would definitely love to go back to street stock racing if that were the case, if there was car camps like that, um, I think Shediac one year we had 28 street stocks for the Atlantic championships and that was a ball. It was so fun. But uh, I mean, like I said, I don't have the opportunity to do it right now, but if I ever did, I definitely would step back and go uh, street stock racing because there's some stout competition. So you are a fan of bigger fields, even if it means there's a couple slower cars uh, putting around the track. You want as many cars as you can get on the track. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. The more competition, the better. There we go. Like, well, hopefully we get some strong car counts uh, coming up this summer, Tim. Mm -hmm. I, I want to go back. You talk about memorable races and memorable finishes. We'll get Paul to roll the B-roll from 2019. The photo finish with you and your sister at Speedway 660. Late race restart. Uh, came down to it. It was kids day. What do you remember about that race? Cause you ended up in victory lane with you guys finishing one, two. Uh, yeah, I, all I remember is that I was on the inside of her and I'm pretty, we were beating and banging a little bit, nothing serious, but, uh, yeah, I come, I, she had the advantage right until the line, obviously. And, uh, I just remember coming off of four and I got a really good run and I was able to, I didn't think I got it from my point of view. She was ahead of me, but transponders don't lie, obviously. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that was definitely an exciting finish. And I just, all I remember is my spotter coming on great excited because he said that I had gotten it and, I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I got that. But anyway, I did. And yeah, you'll probably never see a finish that close again in the history of sportsman racing in 660. But anyway, yeah, it was pretty cool. You've had some memorable races. What sticks out for you for, for memorable wins? Um, that's probably one of the top ones. Um, I'd say probably... The first one would be the Caleb Dunn 150 that I won at 660. Um, I led probably 149 of the 150 laps. I don't think I led the first one, but then I took the lead after that. It was really cool to be able to have a dominant car like that because that was the first time that I had had a car that good and petty. And uh, yeah, so that was really cool. And I beat dad, so that was even better. <laughs> he couldn't, he kept, he said he kept getting to my rear bumper there and he couldn't, he'd start pushing because whatever, for whatever reason. So he couldn't, he just couldn't get to me. Uh, and then probably the 
Next memorable memorable would be the Martin's Home Heating 100 two years ago, I think. Um, I led the whole race and then coming off of four on the last lap, Devin Snell got to my rear bumper because I had a right front flat go, uh, tire going flat and I had slowed down a bunch and he got me loose coming off of four. And I just remember that we drag raced to the line after I led the whole race and uh, I ended up getting it. So that was pretty cool that I knew he was going to get me, like he was going to move me, try to move me. So I was ready for it. And um, yeah, so we were all good after the race and that was really cool to be able to drag race to the line. You've dabbled in some pro stock racing as well. You've been up, you started in the Bandoleros, worked your way to the pro stock, found, found the home in the sportsman. Uh, talk about that, that dabble into the, in the pro stock division. What do you remember highlights? What have you about that, uh, that little foray? Yeah. Uh, 2015, I ran the pro stock and the sportsman for points in, uh, at 660. That was a lot of work. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't enjoy the pro stock as much as the sportsman, I guess, just because we didn't have enough time and manpower to get everything to where it needed to be, to be able to compete up front. Um, Cause it's just me and dad that, that work in the shop most of the time. So trying to get that pro stock to work right. And I was focusing on the sportsman a lot and it just, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I do the sportsman. So that's why I decided to take a step back and just go back to sportsman. Um, yeah, I, it was fun. I would love to try it now that I've gotten so much experience in the sportsman care. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely a huge step up from sportsman. That's for sure. Well, with the way the pro stock program is coming out of your guys' shop now after the, the 250 last year and, and obviously very strong on Sunday, uh, it's it seems like both sportsmen and pro stock programs are really rolling right now, aren't they? Yeah, I would love to get in dad's car and try it, but he won't let me. <laughs> Doesn't he have a sportsman track record or something to break? Can't you just swap for a night? Well, that, that, that's no, he won't let me. I, I've told him that, but he would love to get back in my sportsman car, but uh, he had, he'd have to change the seat because he doesn't fit in my seat. But I, I would love to get into his pro stock and try it because I want to try the Fury car. But yeah, he, he, he definitely gave that a hard no. <laughs> Well, maybe when he wins that that hundredth race or whatever he was talking about last last week, maybe he'll he'll let you in on that. So maybe we have to get him those hundred wins first. Well, maybe I don't know. We'll yeah. have to see. Something like that. We're live and interactive. Drop us a question. Drop us a comment. Denver, I know the wheels are turning over there. Uh, you were there on Sunday. What do you got? All right. Well, first of all, Alex, that was a uh, crazy finish, and congrats on the big win. Uh, I know everyone in the stands was absolutely losing their minds. That was uh, awesome to see, and. Uh, you know, not only did you get the win, you know, Destiny got second. If, you know, a couple feet would have been the difference between uh, you, Destiny, and Courtney sweeping the podium. So, uh, you know, yeah, a, great, sure. uh, a great race. But I got to ask you something that, uh, you know, we just talked about your father. And Tim said he was on last week. Um, it was either the 2018 or the 2019 race on Speed Weekend. And he said that uh, you basically almost wrecked him or something like that. Uh, take us back. We want to hear your side of this story. Okay. Well, he thinks that I tried to wreck him, but I think that he let off in the corner way too early. He backed the corner up way too far. 
and I was used to him driving it into the middle of the corner and he just didn't that restart for some reason. So I got, I was clear by like two inches behind me. So I got down in front of that guy and behind him and he just completely stopped in the middle of the corner and I ran him over. So I don't know why he thinks I wrecked him or tried to wreck him because I definitely wouldn't have done that. But yeah, we, we tease each other about that one. We still do. Um, yeah, but that's from my point of view, that's what happened. <laughs> well, Tim, there's always two sides to every story. Exactly. So, so did he have a senior moment? Is that what we're getting at? Well, that's very possible. <laughs> he, he's not here. I'm sure he's tormenting in the shop, right? So we oh, can he's, still talk uh, about he's definitely in the uh, shop yeah. listening right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead, Denver. Oh, there he is in the window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this is good. Oh my my God. Uh, So let's talk a bit about the street stock uh, those days. No, he said last week that uh, originally the plan was for you to go straight to sportsman, but after a little conversation with uh, Frank Frazier, that those plans changed. Um, And I believe Alex, your first year in street stock, uh, you won not only rookie of the year, but you won the championship as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So that was at Petty Raceway. Take us back to that season. I know your father said early in his career, uh, he won a bunch of championships as well. So uh, how cool was that to uh, kind of follow in his footsteps and uh, take home the championship? Yeah, that was definitely one of the uh, biggest years of my racing for sure. Um, we were going to, like, like he said, I was, he was going to put me in the sportsman there. And then we decided to go street stock instead because Frank Frazier told us that was a better idea. And I'm, I'm thankful that we ended up doing that because it definitely gave me the, 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 the confidence, I guess, in the big cars and the rear wheel drive cars. Um, but yeah, that, uh, first year in street stock I think the first three races I ran in it I finished third each race so that was super cool because we had probably 15 cars every week so it was really tough competition at the time um yeah and then as the season went on I was in second points I think and then the leader ended up not finishing one of the races because of uh his gas cap came off I think so he had, he got black flagged and then that ended up boosting me up into first. And then after that, uh, just ended up being consistent, I guess, and staying top three most weeks and ended up getting the championship. But, um, yeah, that last race, I was so nervous. I was like, I, cause I didn't, I wasn't expecting to be able to get it. And, um, yeah, I was, that last race, it was a 50 lapper. I was running second most of the race. There was like 25 cars and my brake rotors, front rotors were sparking. They were so hot and I ended up losing brakes because they just, I don't know what was wrong with them, but everyone thought I was blown up. So they, Wayne was going to black flag me because he said that something was coming off the car basically. But, uh, he ended up figuring that it was the brakes, so he let me go, and oh, I hung on to second and was able to get the championship, but I just remember, like, completely disintegrating when I got out of the car. I was so relieved that I was able to get it, and yeah, it was definitely a memorable night, for sure. Definitely, and I remember being there that night, and that was, that was a 
crazy awesome race that night with those yeah. stock cars yeah but, um uh, so i want to kind of jump ahead a little bit let's talk about last year because you opened the season off last year well the first race uh you didn't win but then there was the second one at, at petty race so you ended up getting the win but after that I, a bit of tough luck throughout the year uh 2020 uh what are you going to remember from the uh covid shortened season where uh you know to throw in a little dig you and your sister got wins but your father didn't yeah, uh, we ended up both getting a win there and dad didn't, but uh, one of the biggest things I'm going to remember from last season is just the bad luck. I Last year, I just couldn't catch a break. Something would break on the car or something would fail. Like It just seemed like every week there was something going on except for that one race that I had won, but um, yeah, I definitely, I'm glad 2020 is over. <laughs> So to, let's, I want to kind of go back to one race in particular, which I know it didn't end well for you with the Riverglade International. Uh, you were in the middle of that whole racket there in turn one and two, where we saw fire extinguishers flying through the air and not at you, but uh, you know, what uh, all went on there? What do you remember from that uh, crazy situation? Yeah, I, uh, I just remember I got turned from behind and uh, one of the other guys didn't have anywhere to go. So he, just nailed me straight on and we ended up having to put front horns on the car we thought we were gonna have to put a front clip on it but we ended up just putting the horns on it we worked I worked two day two weeks straight in the shop every single day getting that car ready to go back the next race and that was just a bad deal I mean I I didn't think it was that hard of a hit from in the car like like it didn't feel like he had hit me that hard. Like I was expecting to go back in the pits. They were going to tear the nose off and I'd be good to go back out. But the, the radiator was wrapped around the front of the motor. Like it was bad. Um, yeah. Then like when I was sitting there in the infield, I had the car running, waiting to go drive off. And all I remember is I had gotten turned around. I was facing the wall and turn one and two. And all I seen was a fire extinguisher go flying at one of the cars and I'm like, okay, I don't know what happened there, but I'm glad I'm not part of that. That was definitely one of the most memorable moments of 2020. So let's look ahead to 2021. I know you said you're not really planning on running for points. So uh, when are we going to see uh, Team Oblinas at the track next and uh, going forward the rest of the year, what, what would be the plans? Yeah, I would love to run for points at 660. Now that I've got uh, the win there in the season opener, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Plans change. I don't know. Uh, we're going to run most of the big races, so the sportsman and the pro stock. Uh, we're planning on going to Petty this coming Sunday. If it doesn't rain, it's supposed to rain, but we'll see. Uh, so we'll have the two sportsman cars there, and then I think the next one is in Petty again for the pro stock. But, yeah, so basically we're just going to run, like, most of the bigger races at Petty and 660 and potential, potentially some other races here and there, not different tracks, but we'll see how the year goes. Dylan, uh, how's social media looking? Are they keeping you busy? Ah, uh, well, it's a little, little, little quiet right now. I mean, we got some check-ins. I'm a buddy, Will McIntosh from Valley Raceway. He's watching. Uh, Jordan Vino though, Alex, uh, fellow sportsman competitor he likes the idea of 200 straight with live pit stops 
Yeah, I would love to run 200 straight and do like the Pro Stock 250 where you have live pit stops there, but it kind of throws in some different stuff that us sportsman drivers aren't used to and uh, throws in some more strategy. So I think that would be really cool because I know that a lot of the sportsman cars don't have big enough fuel cells to be able to run 200 straight laps, mine included. So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be neat to throw that wrench into things and make us have to pit and fill the cars with fuel. Um, not necessarily put tires on it, but uh, just have to make that pit stop to put fuel in it because some of the bigger races, I know that you see some sports and drivers that have to pit like for a 150 or a 125. Some guys have to pit because with the caution laps, they run, they're going to run out of fuel before the 125 is up. So it just kind of throws an interesting uh, thing on things. Uh-oh, here comes Dad. <laughs> you don't remember we have no crew to pit for 200 laps and pit two cars at once? Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> so so there, there is the there, – there's the one that's against it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so at, at least we got that out of the way. Dylan, yeah. what else do you got on social? <laughs> I think my jaws dropped. Is that the first uh, cameo appearance we've had on a TCM Live of someone bursting a door down? I think Craig Rogers didn't bust a door down. We invited him in. So, yeah, I think so. Oh, my gosh. Uh, things are uh, things are dried up right now on social media. So we've got Alex for a little while here. Uh, uh, leave a comment below. Ask her a question. Uh, m- maybe ask her uh, how exactly a live pit stop would work if the crew says we're not doing it. My my question is though, shouldn't they be working on race cars right now if you guys are going to Petty? Well, uh, I can hear them out there watching this on their phones, so I don't think there's a whole lot of working going on. So I guess I'll, I'll we'll transition into that. How much work is there to do on those race cars to get them ready for Petty International Raceway after coming off a race at 660? Um, there's a little bit of more stuff to do just because she went for a little drive through the, the beach there. But uh, I mean, for my car, it's, it's not a whole lot of work. I change a few springs and... Really, that's it. I mean, I've got my notes from last year, so I can do it quickly. And uh, I did find on my car and bent upper control arm from last weekend, so I had to fix that. And yeah, I mean, other than that, there's three springs to change on each car, so it's not too much work, I guess. So take these the sponsorship, uh, the funding, and, and the, the travel commitments and what have you out of the way. Is there a racetrack in the Maritimes that you kind of have on your bucket list that you'd want to try in the sportsman car? I know your, your father said last week we were talking about the Halifax 250. He'd love to get back to Halifax. Uh, we mentioned Riverside. Is there any other racetrack that you've kind of got on your radar? Um, Riverside would be the biggest one. I'd love to be able to try it there. Um, I'd love to try Scotia, too. I feel like it'd be really similar to 660. I mean, I don't know because I've never done it, but um, – I mean, we're, we're I'm good at 660 most of the time, so I feel like going to Scotia would kind of uh, move over to there. But I don't think Scotia doesn't have spotters though, do they? Or did they change that last they, year? They changed that last year yeah. for 2020. That yeah. was the only thing that I didn't like because 
that's just that extra um, assurance that you have in your ear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, now that they've got spotters, I'd love to try it there. I think that was a Ryan Van Orscott thing that he wanted changed. And Ryan's got voices in his head anyway to begin with. So I, I don't know why he wanted another one in his head. Uh, but moving forward, you've got a lot of the big wins uh, in your back pocket now. Is there any other win that you kind of want to uh, check off the list uh, sooner rather than later? Uh, definitely Speed Weekend. I don't have that one. Um, Courtney got that one there last year, and so she beat me to that bucket list win. But hopefully I'll be able to get one before I'm done racing. And uh, probably the Mike Stevens would be the other one that I'd love to win. That'd be really neat to win because I have Mike Stevens' old sportsman car. So that'd be really cool to be able to win that race with that car. Is there anything that, that you kind of want to go back and, and give a try? We talked about street stock racing. Is, is there anything that you kind of be cool to, to try and, and get in and get a, get a race in? Uh, well, like I said, it'd be cool to get back in the pro stock now that I've got more experience in the sportsman. Uh, all the street stock races they have now is I, I'd go back to street stock just to be able to run all those races. Like they've got so many contingency awards and everything else in their big races. Now it'd be cool to have a, a, a contending car to go and race with them guys. Uh, other than that, I mean, that, that'd be probably it, I guess. Uh, Denver, we talked about match races before. Can we get three demo cars to get the Oblinuses out there on the racetrack in Miramichi? Because they have some experience at the racetrack. I think we could make that work, Tim. I'm sure we could. You know, Dave and Alex and Courtney all have wins in Miramichi before. And Alex, you actually ran the powder puff a couple times, I believe, and, and took a couple checkered flags. I remember being uh, totally thrown off guard going down to yeah. <laughs> give it the checkered flag and seeing Alex Oblinus uh in the car but uh yeah i think we can probably set something up that would be that would be fun i, I think dave would probably do a lot of wrecking that one on purpose yeah that'd be that'd be uh interesting i don't know the, the demos up there are insane i don't know if i'd want to go out there with the, those guys but if it were just the three of us maybe but <laughs> i i yeah i don't know if i'd want to attempt going out in a full out demo because that's a, that's a lot of reckon. They wouldn't have to fix the race cars afterwards, though, so they can spend all their time on Facebook. That That is true. That is true. <laughs> Barry's got the cars ready. Just commented. Oh, did he? Did he? Okay. I see there's a Gerald Greenlaw sighting on Facebook, too, Dylan. What, what do you got over there? Uh, Gerald Greenlaw. He, he wrote, come on, Dad. Let her run for points. <laughs> yeah, he uh, messaged me after last weekend and said go get the championship but uh i like i told him that dad wasn't gonna take us for points or let us run for points so we'll see uh jordan vino wrote here uh dave can change courtney's tires and joel can change yours for the live pit stops that would work. <laughs> hey, hey dave how, dave how does that sound <laughs> we'll see if you come there's like a here, 30 but... second difference in between yeah there. i was going yeah, that, that'll happen in, in, in a few moments. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So talk about Jordan Vino. He's one of those drivers that, that races at Petty. He, he's up front. What what can we say about Jordan Vino? Because he's moving into pro stock here this year, too. You've ran pro stock before. Any sort of pointers you can give to Mr. Vino? Um, 
just take it slow, I guess. It's her. It's they're way different than sportsman cares, and they're a huge step up. But uh, I mean, anyone that can go out and do well in the sportsman car is going to be able to catch on to the pro stock pretty quick. So I know he'll be able to do the same thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, just have fun basically because they're a lot of work and they're a lot of maintenance and can be a lot of pressure just because of the, the, the cars that you're running against. There's some stuff out there that you just, you're never going to be able to compete with, but um yeah, he, he'll do fine because he's good in sportsman. So. We are live and interactive here on social media with Alexander Oblanis. we got Jonathan Dixon coming up a little bit later on, so be sure to uh, drop a question, drop a comment as we work forward here on this evening. And uh, obviously, we're looking forward. We don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic, the, the crystal ball, everything else. Uh, what do you foresee coming up here for big races? Obviously that pro stock race on June 5th, you kind of mentioned that, uh, we might see what, what, what are you, what do you have for a forecast that, what, what do you think we're going to see here? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, we thought the bubble was going to open up there like what a month ago and, uh, it didn't. So. If things keep going the way they're going, oh, now I've got my nephew being thrown in the window here. Okay, so so how many people are at the window right now? Uh, two. Oh. Oh, oh. there's a door. There, uh-oh. There's a door, yeah. There's, there's Axel, my nephew. <laughs> so, so, Courtney, since you're here, let's talk about the beach trip, because we already heard from Alex's standpoint what happened. What's what's your take from what happened on Sunday? Well, it was just one of those racing things, I guess. Um, I got a little too hot and heavy there going into a couple corners. Uh, that was my mistake on my part. Uh, that last corner, not really sure what happened. Um, it just kind of happened the way it happened, and uh, there was no way I could save it going up that high in the dirt. Um, and then I had to just end up taking a little ride in the beach and had to try to get back out of that. So I just thought to just keep going and maybe I could get a little bit of a good finish. So I got fourth out of it. So it is what it is. There had to be a lot of discipline on that green flag run though, because I'm, I'm watching from Halifax on a live timing screen and you're consistently two tenths of a second quicker than the 11 car ahead of you. How much discipline was it to kind of maybe hold back a little bit in those, that first half of the race to have that speed in the second half? Um, once I got behind Alex, I I didn't want to get into her at all because that's not what I was trying to do. But I ended up starting to run her over just a little bit. So once I found a hole, I took it. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to catch the 11 or not because it was already halfway through and he was quite a little bit ahead. So I wasn't sure whether I was going to have enough. Um, so I honestly, at the, the second half, I just gave it all I had. Um, when you, when you catch somebody with only two laps to go, you really have to try whatever you can. And I'm sure he would have done the same thing because I've raced street stock with him for years and We've done that back and forth. It just, it, you catch somebody, you got to try. It's not like you're just going to sit there and not try to go for the win. You're really going to try your best. And uh, luckily I didn't spin him, didn't hit him hard. 
uh, let him collect himself. And then it was very unfortunate what happened at the end. I wish we could have uh, drag raced it out really to the end, but uh, is what it is. So it's a Wednesday night. You guys are obviously hard at work out here for at least the last like 20 minutes or so uh, on Facebook. Are the cars ready? Uh, almost. Uh, hers is more ready than mine, I suppose. Um, I have a little bit of the body damage, uh, so I have to try to fix that. Um, it was nothing too too serious. We thought I had a vent spindle, but we took it apart, checked it. It seemed to be okay. So put it back together and we'll see if it's good and petty. Not really sure, but we'll try. Alex, I think I saw an eye roll there when 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 the are the car is ready. So Dave's out there working on the race car. No, he's out there listening <laughs> on his phone. Is there anybody working on race cars tonight? No, I haven't heard wrenches going for the last half hour. So we just wanted to be quiet, you know. Well, I, I guess, but you're still getting ready for 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 the weekend. So Courtney, who's uh, obviously there's different competition than there would be at Speedway 660 going into Petty, but. Uh, any rivalry going in? Is, is it going to be the 48C or the 74 ahead? What's what's your outlook for Sunday? Uh, not really sure. Oh, oh there's a wrench. Oh, there's there's a wrench. A wrench on <laughs> uh, there's that 30 second delay, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not really sure. Uh, Petty definitely isn't my strongest track. Um. I don't have as much experience in a big car as she does driving at Petty. So I just go and try my best, really. I know if I see the times and she's faster, I don't try to get discouraged about it because she does have a lot more experience than I do in a sportsman. And she tells me all the time that it's just, I just need to relax and do my best because it's going to come. So I try my, my hardest and hopefully when we go, we'll unload and there'll be, be good so we'll see what happens we'll do last call on social now dylan what do you uh what do you got over there i, I think dave scared everyone oh did, did he i think so yeah it's been uh I'm, surpri I'm surprised though like he's he's been in he's been out he's been on facebook he hasn't commented at any tonight he besides the pit stop thing he's been relatively quiet i'm impressed I mean, there's a lot of people that are that are offering demo cars to the Oblinuses. Uh, Jay Scary wrote, if I'm there with the car, I'd loan it out. <laughs> there you go. We're still waiting on Jonathan Nixon. By the way, Denver, you gave him the info for the Zoom call, right? I did. Okay, I did. just just double checking because it seems like the Miramichi guys have had some issues the last couple of weeks trying listen, to I do this told, technology thing. I told John, I said, Ashton Tucker screwed it right up last week, so I guarantee you can't do any worse than Ashton. So, by the way, if we're keeping score from last week, Dave beat Ashton on Zoom. Dave beat Ashton on the racetrack. So right. there, there's those those two right there. Is there obviously the door is open? He can hear us. Is there anything that we can we can say about Dad right now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yeah. Um... He did have a pretty good run on Sunday. He did. I was a little, I was a little nervous because I knew that she won and I didn't. And then when he got into the lead there for a little bit, I was like, "Oh yeah, here we go." They both win, and I finished fourth. Typical, but uh, Ryan had a real good car, so he's got to work a little harder for that one. But you've got the speed weekend win from last year. I do. Yes, that's probably one of my biggest ones. I think um, I didn't I, going into that race. I didn't think at all that I would ever win one of those. I know I won speed weekend in my street stock and 
I didn't think I would even have a chance really, but uh, I led most of that race and that was a, probably the best one I had. Denver, uh, any more questions we can throw at Courtney or, or Alex? I, I have one. It's kind of a loaded question for Courtney, though. Um, so we'll see how this answer goes. But Courtney, after the finish on Saturday or Sunday, I guess, uh, going forward, if we see you in the 11 of Luke McLaughlin battling for another win, um, do you race them any differently? Uh, I probably wouldn't. Um, maybe try to stay a little bit farther away. So that last corner won't happen, but, um, like I said, you always run people hard at the end. You never let somebody have it. So if I'm there, I'm going to be there. And if I'm faster, it's going to happen. So that might be the most politically correct answer to that question. I think you could have done. So that that's great. Uh, Dylan, one more shot at social here. I see Jonathan Dixon is connected. So he's he's ready to go as he's long ready. as he doesn't roll over the Zoom call. <laughs> um, well, I got a question, uh, Courtney and Alex. I asked your father this last week about how cool it is to race with the daughters. The times you get to race with dad in the sportsman race, how cool is it to get to share the track with dad? I guess we'll start with uh, you, Alex, and then you, Courtney. That's cool. I mean, he's got so much experience and a lot of years under his belt. So it's really cool to be able to run against them and compete with them. Really. Uh, it's even better when you get to beat them because you know, you're beating so much experience and he's got so many wins in uh, the sportsman, but I like to tease him because I've got his old sportsman car that he won a lot of races with in petty and six sixty. So uh, whenever I used to beat him with it, it was always just a dig at him because he wa he he wants that car back so bad, but he's never getting it back if I'm going to be driving. So, um, yeah, it's definitely cool to be able to uh, race against him, and even better to be able to beat him. Like I said, yeah, uh, I think the coolest one that I remember, I think it's the one that you won, and then he got second or third, and I I think I got fifth or something, but. There's a picture on Facebook of us. I think we're one, three, and four. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like one of the coolest pictures because when I first started, that's when dad was still into it quite a bit, but I was never up there with them. So I think that was the first race that I was actually somewhat there. And I, that was pretty cool because I was, he used to come around and laugh me, but now that I'm where I am, it almost goes the other way, so. But who has the sportsman track record at 660? That would be me. He wasn't very impressed when I came over and said I beat that. And uh, I, I told him he's going to try to get it back, but he doesn't have a car right now, so it's going to be a little difficult. Well, he was offered a bunch of cars here last week, so has he accepted any offers, I guess? No? Not yet. No. We'll see, though. Okay. We'll have to see how this all, all comes out. You got a lot of crew that's obviously not working on race cars right now. Uh, <laughs> you've got a lot of sponsors that, that help out on the, these race cars to get them to the racetrack. Who's on the race cars? Who helps out in the race cars? Uh, yeah, we definitely got to thank our sponsors. Uh, Burger King, Kernan Property Management, uh, Way J Carpentry, Our Siemens Mechanicals, Ablinas Auto Body, 
KG Jason's son. Uh, we've had a few different ones come on board this year. Um, I said we're paying. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really great that we've got some uh, different sponsors coming on board this year. It's a big help. Um, all our crew guys, there's too many to remember of them all to name, so I won't do that, but they know who they are. I uh, can't thank them enough. They do endless amount of work for us and uh, definitely are the reason that we function the way we do at the racetrack. So, um, yeah, we couldn't do it without them or the sponsors. So thankful for all of them, for sure. This has been a blast. And I think this is probably one of the most fun interviews I think that we've done in a while with, with everything barging in and, and pit stops and everything else. So Courtney, by the way, you are for or against live pit stops at the 200. Uh, you don't have to change the tires, right? So yeah, probably four. Cause it, it does kind of throw a little bit of strategy in there, but I was just a little nervous because there's two cars, not one. So it probably be a little easier for some teams than it is for us, but well, if it happens, we'll try. There, there you go. So we've got two, four and, and one against. So <laughs> I, I think that that's the way it is. Uh, girls, thank you. This has been a blast. Good luck this weekend. Go bring home some more trophies. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. That's Courtney and Alexandra Oblinas, and we will uh, move on to our next guest coming up here on the show, and it is the Denver. Inter introduce our next guest. Oh, boy, Tim. It's the driver of the number three bomber car. Uh, he has a lot of accolades. The most popular driver at Speedway Miramichi in the bomber division in 2020. He was second in points. He had a streak going of five consecutive bomber feature podiums. He had never not finished on the podium. That was until Saturday at the season opener when he went for one of the wildest rides in recent memory. And he's here to talk about it. Uh, Jonathan Dixon, welcome to Tips Corner Live. Sounds like he might be muted. We, we, can, we can see you and we can see the, the, the mouth going. We can't hear you as of yet. But I, Denver, I can tell you, we are watching some of the bomber racing from last year. I believe this was the very best fall shootout. Uh, the bomber division has really come a long way in a year, not even a year, because you guys got started late last year. Absolutely. You know, this class really took off and John was one of the first ones to embrace it and really push it. Um, we, this class didn't exist this time last year. And then in July, we started with seven cars and I think we had 17 or 18 on Saturday and we're expecting even more. So it, it's exciting. It's, it's huge for the track. Jonathan, you got us now? You hear me? Yep. We got you now. Uh, let, let's talk about your day from, from Saturday because it, it started off well, you had a couple of awards and, and 2020 accolades, and then it kind of got turned upside down. Yeah, I decided to try to run uh, the high side and the middle type thing in the heat race, which I never do. That didn't work out great, but still got a top three. And then, I don't know, I was just trying to be patient in the feature, I guess. And then seeing there was five to go and kind of stayed in my lane. Didn't came out of nowhere, really. I didn't really know what happened until I woke up and I was upside down. Uh, we're also showing on the screen last year's uh, speaker incident in turn four and the uh, – demolition division but uh let's talk about this bomber division though with with everything that that's gone on in the last year finished second in in the, the class last year as a as a division how cool is it to see this this thing grow 
Oh, it's some good time. Great bunch of lads in it. It's super competitive. Most competitive thing I was ever in, that's for sure, even for a team class. But anyone can win. Pretty much you get out front, you got to beat. Like, that's the way it worked for me. Anytime I got out front, you just start leaving everyone. It worked for everyone else. But you can take a $200 car and have a blast with it. And the competition is so deep. Denver, I, I think you can attest to this because Barry, Barry corrected me today when I was on the phone with him. I think Mark Kingston is the first two-time winner in the division. He is the first two-time winner. We had uh, five different winners in five races last year, and Mark became the first driver to uh, get two wins. But, John, you almost got a second win last year. Um, that uh, spooktacular race, that was, you know, I think John O'Shea said on the podium that uh, you might be looking at uh, giving Doug Matchett a run for the title of Mr. Excitement. Uh, that was a show in October. You led the majority of that race until uh, lap traffic kind of uh, impeded your progress. Yeah. Tried to do a pass in the grass, didn't work. So you've, you're kind of knocking off all of Dale Earnhardt's, uh, you know, memories, I guess. You have the pass in the grass attempt. You had the uh, the flip to replicate the 97 uh, Daytona 500. Uh, uh, what's next for, for you? Are you gonna, is there any more Dale Earnhardt highlights that are uh, going to be coming down the pipeline? Well, you are probably black fag me if I climb out the window and try to clean my own windshield, so I'm not going to try that one. Well, I, I guess Denver would have to be the one to black flag him. So Denver, yeah. is that going to be a thing? I've never had to deal with that. It, you know, if I had to uh, talk about that, I, I don't think it says in the rules you can't clean your windshield, but uh, I don't know how it's worried about getting into the car. But uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be entertaining. Denver, yeah. I did it during my demo race. Oh, you did? I, I cut my windshield wiper stop working. I had to stick my hand out and try and do something. I couldn't see <laughs> So the, the transition, Jonathan, you've done a lot of the demo, demo style racing and then kind of moving into the, the bomber division. What kind of uh, transition period, I, I guess, did, did you have from, you know, going out and the, the goal is to smash the race car to, you know, I, I got to race and get this thing to the front and bring it home, bring it home clean. I think it's a pretty easy transition because after you're in so many demos and I got a very bad temper when I'm in a car. So if someone hits me, I want to junk them, but. When I'm in uh, in the bomber race, it's not really like that. You know, no one's out there to hit you. So if someone hits you, it's just a bump. You know, it's not intentionally. So you can actually have a chance to try to win without someone jumping you. Usually in the demo, if you start doing good or you're leading points, then there's multiple people after you. So it don't work that way. Now, obviously, with the championship this season in points on the line and getting down to the end, I, I, it's, it, we're sitting here in May. I want to talk about October. It's usually how this works. A uh, hundred lap. Denver, am I correct? Bomber race? Yeah, so it's the, the bomber last call race. Is, so this is not a points race, but uh, October 23rd, it's going to be a 100-lap endurance race to cap off the year. So this, this is a big extended distance race. We usually see this with, you know, sportsman car or pro stock or, or, you know, the street stocks have got some big shows now. Looking forward, Jonathan, how cool will it be to be on the racetrack and you guys to be the, the showcase division on that day? Oh, I think it'll be a good time. We have another big race in the middle of the summer, too. We have a 50-lap firecracker race. And uh, the 100-lap one's usually the last one of the year, so you try to give her all you got. But I got some great people helping me at home and, and, and at the track. So I think it'll come down to pit crew there because none of us will last 50 laps on tires, so. Well, that's just it. You guys are used to going, you know, your your 20-ish laps, give or take, five five or ten. 
How do you set yourself up for a 50 or a 100, especially on a racetrack that you just mentioned is abrasive on tires? Yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I say pace yourself, but I don't pace myself ever, but that would be the thing to try to do. Maybe take an Ativan before you go out or something. A race car driver and pace yourself. That does not happen, right? No, apparently not. We are live and interactive here with Jonathan Nixon. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. Dylan, I have a feeling you might be busy on the Speedway Miramichi page by the end of this one. Uh, what do you got on social? Any early returns for Mr. Nixon? Yeah, we got a couple here. Uh, Doug wrote, and I, I got to say the same thing. It's glad that he didn't get too hurt in that wreck. Um, you know, did you kind of get your bell rung uh, when the car flipped over, when it landed on the ground, or you just kind of came to once you were upside down no i i remember hitting the car and then she just went black and i opened my eyes and i uh kind of thought to myself that was wild first thing i tried to do was move my toes couldn't move my toes but i think that was just me and then i tried to shut the car off with my left hand so then i seen stuff leaking i heard someone roar a fire extinguisher then i started to kind of realize what was going on uh, looking through here, uh, Scotty Duffy wrote, how does it feel to graduate from a trail warrior to a racetrack warrior? Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Doug also wrote, just forgot to mention this here. He wrote, how long does it take to get a car together for the bomber class? Like how much work behind the scenes goes into that besides making your car look sweet, like Dale Earnhardt. Uh, we rubbed the car up I bought last year. I think it was three of us at it and it took us maybe two full days. And then we didn't know much of it set up. We just kind of showed up. And then, uh, I don't know. I say you could do it in a week for sure. But uh, I take a lot of pride in making them look good. This time I'll take a lot of pride in safety. That's for sure. But uh, I'm going to St. Stephen actually tomorrow after work to pick up a new car. So it'll probably take me a month to build this one because I'm going to make sure this one's like a tank. That's all we got for now, but um, yeah, a lot of people are also commenting here that it's good to see that you're uh, that you're doing well. I mean, I was watching the race from home, and and I let an audible swear where we can't say on Facebook because it, <laughs> it was scary because it just was you know coming towards the end of the race, and then all of a sudden I see the three number facing the crowd, and that was the three on the roof. Not the not that's not supposed to be facing the crowd normally, right? No. After looking at the pictures of that wreck, and you, you kind of mentioned safety, and I, I kind of chatted with Barry a little bit earlier today, what what kind of different uh, safety precautions, I guess, are, are you thinking in mind when you're building this car compared to the last one? Well, we only need a halo bar in them for that class. You don't technically need belts or a seat. I would tell anyone that they should have seats in the belt for sure helps you stay in the car and if i was upside down there with a regular seat belt i would hit my head a lot harder for sure but my h bar was back too far it should be at least up to the seat and uh sunday morning before like i woke up six in the morning sunday morning i went on the hunt for a car and uh first thing i did was buy a full roll cage out of a mini stock so i'll never be in something again without a full cage that's for sure now, I want to ask you about the, the next event, because obviously you're getting that car ready, but there's a trailer race at this next race. If, if you had an opportunity to get in that figure eight trailer race, would you take the opportunity to? Yeah, well, that was the plan. I was going to put the 69 car in again and put the trailer on it. Kind of rang my bell there. I'm still thinking on it, but I probably changed my mind. I'll probably be there with one. How, how do you set yourself? Obviously, you you guys have done many figure eights in the in the past, but... 
hauling a trailer behind it, how does it change the game? No, I think it'd be, believe it or not, probably less dangerous because everyone's trying to hit your trailer and not you. So is, is there any game plan going into strategy-wise to try to win that thing? No, there is no strategy to demo, I don't think. You can just try to stay calm. The next thing I want to ask is about the burnout competition because you go out, you get your award, you go out, you, you roll the, the bomber car, and then you, you light it up for the fans and, and win the burnout competition. So how cool was that to kind of cap off the roller coaster of the day? Oh, that was awesome. That made her a point to find the car the next morning for sure. Uh, the, the burnout competition seems to be one of the most popular things up there. So to, to get out there and get that crowd going and, and how much of a motivation is that to, uh, to hear that crowd going as you're lighting the tires up? Oh, it's awesome. It's good to know that people like you. That's for sure. Denver, what do you got for Jonathan? I see, I see the wheels turning over there. So first of all, John, I want to kind of back up a little bit. So you've been around the track for a while, uh, but for those who maybe don't know you as well, uh, why don't you uh, kind of, Give an insight on how you got your start into uh, well racing and demolition at Speedway Mirror Machine. Oh, well, I always hung out with Brad McLean and them. And uh, Trenton Silicare when I was younger, I always watched him in the demos. And then I went to my first one, I think I was 14, 2008. And then I just did the odd one here and there. And then I think I did two full seasons when Sean Montreal was home. We ran them like we'd bring 10, 11 cars every time. And uh, we ran demos pretty hard there. Then I started to build a Dukes car, and I didn't finish it. Then I built a Dukes car. I ran one season with the Dukes, and then on to Bombers. Demo cars are getting just as much money as a Bomber now, so kind of steer away from demo a little bit. For sure. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we saw you in the demo last year. That uh, Tim kind of alluded to it when, uh, you know, you mentioned about your temper. And uh, why don't you give us the whole story on that uh, little incident there at the spooktacular where uh you know forced barry to replace some speakers well ben jardine messaged me a week before i said he had a car that i could have just to put on a show so i said yeah sure so it was like 600 or 700 dollars to win the dash for cash and we started three wide and trenton was right beside me at the start so i knew he'd probably hold some people back and halfway through lap one i was half halfway past the pack for sure like it was looking good and then I came around to lap someone and the lad tapped me and I feel so bad still because he barely hit me and I hit him back and I didn't even remember. And I just lost her. I pulled him in the middle and just waited till I seen him and held her wide open. Little did I know the wall was behind him. Well, put on a good show for the fans at least. Oh yeah. I thought I was sore from that one this weekend, doubled that one. <laughs> so, you know, we saw your car on its roof on Saturday, but it's not the first time there was a number three uh, I guess, vehicle, seeing as it was a van. But uh, last August, uh, you had uh, a van on the demo, and you weren't driving it, but it also ended up on its roof. Yeah, my buddy Adam rolled it. It was kind of like a slow motion type thing. That one was a lot uh, less of an impact, for sure, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so now, looking ahead, Tim kind of talked about, you know, October and stuff. You got a busy month ahead. Um so, you know, you're looking at the new car. What are your expectations? Is this car going to be as good? Is it going to be faster? Or, you know, is it going to make uh, you more competitive? Oh, this car will be twice as good, guaranteed. It's a Nissan, so if you can't beat them, join them. And uh, I bought a Buick Sunday, and we stripped it and started rigging it up. Then I found the Nissan at 1 in the morning Sunday night and bought it sight unseen, never even seen it, don't even know the people. 
I just sent her the money and uh, we're going to pick it up tomorrow and I'm going to strip it and then I'm going to bring it down to Bradman's Lanes and me, him and Brady are going to rig it up. So put a proper cage in it and should be a good car this one. Dylan, I see social is ablaze and I, I see Joel is over there dropping some comments. I figured he would have been a little more active in the last interview, but it's good to see him over there. What do you got? Well, Jonathan Joel's wondering uh, about this trailer race. He wrote, who will you get to drive for you in the trailer race? Um, that That's an event we, I don't think I've ever seen in the Maritimes. I see a lot of it on YouTube, but uh, are you going to be competing in that? And if if so, what the heck is going through your mind before that race? Oh, he's saying that because the winner won. I ran Trenton's car and I did the dash for cash and i spun out at the flag stand and i'm watching all the cars go around and for the first time ever in a demo i'm thinking like man it would suck to get hit right now and get hurt so i went in the pits and i was like randy jordan he just won the last demo i was like you want to uh good chance of winning the demo i was like sure i was like here you take the car i don't feel like it so i get tormented pretty heavy about that from joel and the boys but i got big shoulders at least i didn't quit racing <laughs> <laughs> So if someone says, hey, uh, I don't feel like driving in this trailer race, uh, would you hop in one of the trucks to, to pull one of those? Oh, uh, depends who it is, really. A lot of them cars are pretty jimmy. I don't know. I'd get in one someone that I know rug up, but some of them are pretty wild. What, what do you mean by wild? Like just like the, the care hasn't been really put in there or they're yeah, just Yeah, well, little, some people put cars in with no floors and some don't actually have fire extinguishers. Some of the seats are barely in. Some don't have seat belts. Well, De- Denver minded a seat belt. <laughs> Thank God seat. it did. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, the van that Adam rolled, he was helping me rig up the car, and it's the first one he did, so I told him he could cut the seat belts, and he cut all of them. So when we are at the track that day, we tied a seat belt together, and that held him when he rolled the van. Thank God, but that was why I wasn't driving the van. So we'll put uh, a guy like Dylan Langell on the spot. He's done one of these demos already, but he's only done like half laps in the Dash for Cash and a couple laps in the figure eight race. But for somebody that might be sitting in the stands at Miramichi on, on a Saturday and say, hey, this this might be cool to, to get in and drive, uh, what kind of advice can you give them to just get started, whether it's demo or bomber? If you're going to go on the demo, hang at the back, take your time, qualify, and go on the demo and try to uh... – win if you start spending people out you're going to be a target and it's going to turn into a war because i spent like 1800 dollars one summer on demo cars and i don't think i made it to a demolition in like seven years i junked every car i had in a race so that gets gets annoying after a while but you earn it so there there you go denver we're, we're running close on time here what what uh any final thoughts you got for jonathan before we uh close the show out tonight yeah, John, I want to throw another question at you. Uh, you know, you have a, a, a tight family. You got your two girls. They're two of the biggest fans we see. They're the loudest at the track. They uh, they love going and cheering you on. Uh, what's it like having that support uh, from your daughters? Uh, at the Every single race, they're there uh, right by the fence, always cheering for you and uh, through no matter what happens. Oh, that makes it that much more fun. They're more excited than I am half the time. That makes it worth it. Dylan, any final thoughts from social media before we, we cut Jonathan loose tonight? 
nothing really targeted towards Jonathan here for questions. Uh, I, I guess just a lot of people uh, commenting on Speedway Miramichi and, and the safety of uh, of Doug Matchett getting to the accident. And, uh, you know, Jonathan, that must have felt really good to you to have all that crew get to you ASAP, right? Yeah, no, they did a wicked job. Doug was right there. I knew not to unbuckle, especially after the Mike Stevens hearing about it. I never was there, but I knew not to unbuckle. Brad McLean's explained it to me many times, not to unbuckle if you're upside down. And We had just talked about it the week before, and he was telling me the way I had my seat rug up wasn't really safe, and we were going to fix it, but we all ran out of time trying to rig up all the race cars between all of us. But, uh, yeah, Doug was great, telling me not to unbuckle and made me put my hands over my head, hold myself when I unbuckled, and I don't think it could have been any safer for sure. Safer for sure. I was really happy they were that good. I know you do a great job on social media. you got a lot of great sponsors that have helped you out to get that car to the racetrack and I'm sure are going to help you get the next car to the racetrack. Who's, you mentioned the crew. Who's on the crew and who's on the car for sponsors? Oh, I got Scott Duffy helps me a lot at the track. Brett Cook, uh, Travis Holland, Justin Brown when he's home. He's away right now. And at home, I, it's Brad Brady helping me all the time. And uh, sponsors, I got Patterson Sales, a huge sponsor. E&R Plumbing, huge sponsor. Parastar Mamergy, uh, Family Convenience, Deco Queen does all my decals for me. Uh, who else? Schooner Marine, Casey Tires, sponsored me lots of tires. Had a lot of help this year for sure. It was awesome. Now, I, I see he's watching in the comments, and we'll, we'll leave it with this. Mark Kingston's a two-time winner, and I want to get him on the show before we uh, go racing on June 19th. But what's it going to take on June 19th to beat Mark Kingston? Because it seems like he's got that target on his back now with two bomber wins. Uh, we'll see what happens. Basically, which, whatever one of us screws up, I don't want to be big-headed and say I'm going to go out there and win everything, but I'm going to try my best for sure, and I don't mind driving aggressive if I have to. But uh, Mark's an awesome guy to race with. He won't spin you. He won't get you loose. Like Me and him ran side-by-side side in the whole heat race. He's real clean. Uh, I got one more for you, Jonathan. Yep. Go ahead. You had the uh, the Wrangler style Dale Earnhardt paint scheme. Uh, the one you wrecked uh, was kind of his '90s, early 2000s paint scheme. Is there any other Dale paint schemes you'd uh, look to put on your car? Maybe the, the Taz Good Wrench car, or maybe some of the ones he had in the All Star races. I'll probably just stick to the Good Wrench one. Now I did the Wrangler one, and there was a couple other cars showed up the same color, so I wanted to go back to the black the whole time. So I think I'll stick to that. Stickers are all ordered already, so. There we go. The, the uh, We got to come up with something off the Intimidator for, for June 19th, I guess, for a nickname for you. I, I can't wait to see it because I'm sure you guys are going to do a great job getting that thing together. Can't wait to see the progress pictures on Facebook. Jonathan, this has been fun. Thank you for joining us. Uh, all the best, and uh, we'll see you on June 19th, if not before. Awesome. Thank you. That's Jonathan Dixon, and uh, I want to thank him for joining us this evening. Final thoughts uh, from the crew here this evening, Dylan Langell. This was a kind of a fun and, and a little bit of an unexpected interview with, with the Oglina sisters, but uh, it's been fun. Uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to next week. Now we're, we're sitting at home still. We're still in Nova Scotia. We're still on lockdown. So uh, we hope to have some video from Petty, but Alex Oblinas mentioned one thing in her interview, and I don't like to mention it early in the season. It's calling for rain on Sunday, but it's a long way away, right? Yeah, it's a long weekend, but uh, hey, you know what? Today was a bright spot. Uh, 
we got news in Nova Scotia that uh, we're going to be hunkered down for a little while longer here. Uh, but uh, hopefully that's enough to nip all the cases in the bud here so we can get back to racing. And uh, it, it's fun seeing stuff get going in New Brunswick and Newfoundland. It's great to see our buddies at Eastbound Park are going to be racing this weekend, too. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to watch the next event or listen to the next event, whatever is coming up here. But, um, yeah, just great stories with, with the Oblinus is there and catching up with Ryan Messer. And then even with Jonathan there, I mean, we're, we got the sides of the story from Sportsman, uh, Pro Stock, and then a Bomber division, uh, an old like hobby stock class pretty much, which uh, I really hope that that type of division really grows here in Nova Scotia. I know that Sydney's got plans for it coming up, but uh, – uh, maybe that could happen like at a Valley Raceway, which kind of is already, but uh, racing is a little expensive. There's a way we can kind of cheapen it a bit, but keep the action pretty fun on track. We need to do that here. Absolutely. And it's been a jam-packed show with winners uh, throughout. Uh, you can listen to us as well on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts was actually added after we did that uh, graphic. So you can go over there. We're still missing a couple of the former episodes that we did, but we will uh, get them on there in a bit. Denver, final thoughts before we get out of here. It's a busy weekend. You're going to be busy again. Petty Raceway on Sunday. You looking forward to it? You know, I sure am. I'm hopefully that our word holds off. It's too early in the year to be dealing with that crap. But, uh, you know, Petty's going to have a great show. Sportsman, Street Stock. Uh, I, I think they're both 75 lappers. Uh, Atlantic Modified Tour Season Opener, Mini Stock. Uh, women on wheels it's, it's going to be a full slate uh, of exciting racing action uh, with lots of new brunswick drivers so uh, you're if you're in the area you're going to want to check it out and hopefully we have some uh, some good news to share in the video side of things and uh, you know it's going to be a lot of fun it'll be the third track to open up their season uh miramichi and 660 have set the bar pretty high but you know that wayne and ellen and the whole gang of petty always have uh, some excitement up their sleeves so it should be another good one yeah, chatted with Wayne a little bit yesterday. They are excited to get going, so be sure to, to head and uh, support them if you have your race car at, at Petty International Raceway. That's going to do it for us here this evening. You see all our partners on the screen. Uh, KCP has done our stickers. We have stickers available at Petty Raceway this weekend. We have some at, at Speedway 660 in the Tech Shed. I uh, want to give Larry and, and Jessica a little push there. LJ Design, St. Louis Bar & Grill, a bunch of others. want to thank Paul Strickland Jr. for being a part of this show as he always is, uh, Fedhead's Cup Series is coming up on Bidane TV on, on the iRacing side. So if you want to head over there and uh, take in some racing. But Penny Raceway this weekend, Eastbound Park this weekend, get out to a racetrack if you're in a province that has racing and uh, support your local short track. So uh, for Denver Match at Dylan Langell, want to thank Ryan Messer, Courtney and Alexander Oblinas in like the five seconds that we had, Dave. And uh, Jonathan Dixon, been a fun show. Until next time, until next Wednesday, keep the hammer down. We'll see you at the track.